the Spanish announce table. It is episode 409 of the Spanish announce table. We are here to entertain you, Jeffrey Todd specifically. We are here to entertain you. That's why Jeffrey Todd specifically, because he's in the chat already saying, I'm so excited. I never get to listen to the live stream. Entertain me, boys. Uh, well, great. We're happy to be here. We are happy that you're here and we're ready to talk some pro wrestling. We have AW Dynamite to talk about and we have full gear predictions. Uh, our fingers are crossed that this goes well. Last week we had some stream health issues and we so far don't see that yet. But if it happens, stay tuned. We will post the full version after the show is over. Uh, if there's any issues, uh, that way you will, you know, you can always catch up with us. You can always catch up with the podcast, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And Tom, I'm excited. AW Dynamite was good. We've got full gear rolling up. Should be a banger, as the kids say. The kids say that. Sure. The kids I'm say that. Kid. The kids Look say that. Look at the facial hair here. Like I'm a kid. Yeah. You the know kids what I mean? say that. Yep. Yeah. 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 You are looking a little wolfish right now you know why it's because mm. i can't use my left hand because i've injured my elbow yeah. and so i can't shave because i'm left-handed so this fucking thing is gonna grow until i'm told i can use my hands you'll again. find you one of them old school barbers who's got like the hot towel i was thinking and, about that yeah fucking straight mm -hmm. edge i know? was thinking about that but then it's like effort fucking you know why try yeah, tip right? a guy you know what i mean yeah well just effort right uh, effort never killed anyone, but why chance it? You know what I'm saying? So, right. Uh, Tim, it was AEW Dynamite, the go home show, as they say. And this is a fun episode that leads into a live go home episode of AEW Rampage, which we will not be recapping because, again, we are recording this on a Thursday night. But then Saturday night, back to back nights, Friday Rampage, Saturday, the pay per view full gear is going to take place. Uh, but as we kind of recap dynamite. We will then talk about the upcoming events from AEW. So let's start off with last night. As we talked about AEW dynamite started off with in ring action as it typically does. And this time it was a tag team match. It was the sex gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara taking on Brian Danielson and Claudio Castanoli. Tim, what are your thoughts about this opening contest on AEW dynamite? It was good, right? These guys perform well. I just, again, am getting a little done with the Blackpool Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society. I, I heard your point last week of saying, you don't mind if these two diametrically opposite groups hate each other and it's on site and we're fighting. But can we get the break between some of those moments yet? And <laughs> We're not getting that. Yeah, and to clarify my point, it's talking. I'm more referencing like if you have a tournament, a first round, or a semifinal, or even a finals of Blackpool Combat Club versus JES for the prize of the tournament, whether that be a number one contendership, an actual title, whatever it may be. I like that, right? Because because it's then it's these two opposing forces with again different philosophies on wrestling fighting over something number one contender title whatever it is that says we represent wrestling i like that what i don't like is just wrestling for wrestling's sake and i honestly thought as much as the trope of can they coexist has been played out 
more than almost anything recent memory. I wish there was a little bit of that here where it felt very Brian Danielson and Claudio are cool and Jericho and Sammy are cool and hey, they're going to wrestle and one team's going to win and then we're just going to move on. I wanted to see a little bit of Chris Jericho tags himself in. Sammy looks at him like, are you big brothering me? You know, uh, Brian Danielson maybe gets mad that Claudio's doing the swing and he thinks that that's not BCC material or that's not a BCC philosophy, you know? But there's none of that. That's the only thing I think was missing from this match. I thought Claudio of the four shined the most. And honestly, Claudio in this circumstance and these settings is when he shines the most. When there's no story, there's really not much going on, and it's a wrestling match that we're just watching. Awesome. Yeah. When other, like, he's the opposite of when the bell rings, you know, like, People always talk about, you know, great colleague, seven foot, whatever. And he had this menacing presence and he had uh, someone who would cut promos for him. That was really scary. And then the bell rang and he sucked, right? Claudio's the exact opposite for me. When the bell rings, I'm all in Claudio. He's the man. He can do the swing. He can do the sharpshooter. He can do the uppercuts, all that stuff. Then you put a microphone in his face and he's fucking get out of here <laughs> i mean like i ain't fucking interested in anything he fucking does outside of the ring and so he's a difficult one for me to get behind as far as being an aw character because as much as you want to talk about aw is you know the alternative for wrestling fans and wrestling it's really promo driven you look at the top stars in their promotion John Moxley cuts a good promo. I'm going to say he's a promo guy, but he can still get on the microphone and make you feel something. But other than him, it was CM Punk, and then it was MJF, and then it's Eddie Kingston. It's these guys that grab the mic, and then Max Caster. It's these guys that grab the microphone and say, I'm getting over on the microphone. Oh, and then by the way, you know, I'm going to wrestle pretty well, you know, on top of that. So that's where I think Claudio kind of gets lost in the shuffle is it is a promo heavy roster and he ain't that. So, yeah, that's true. He is not that, uh, uh, I, I do want to shout the chat. Uh, Theo is in the chat. It says, woo. That was terrible. Ric Flair, not feeling the great, <laughs> a little, <laughs> but he says world cup this Sunday. Let's go USA international sports ball. And I'm sure Claudio himself is very focused as well on the international sports ball with the world cup coming up. Uh, and Jeffrey Todd says, see, I would want Adam Cole to come back and take the ROH title from Jericho. That's just my opinion. I've said that before. That's where I kind of got an epiphany that I miss him. You know, I was so much of the dad bod kind of thinks he's cool, but he has wet hair. And then you kind of take a step back and you're like, he's a dork. But, you know, absent makes the heart grow fonder, kind of like what I wish Jericho would be because he's always on my fucking television. But now I miss Adam Cole and I want him to come back and I want to do the boom and I want to do the baby and I want to do all the fun shit, man. I miss it. And apparently he has a concussion. So obviously take that serious. I'm not trying to say come back for my entertainment sake because it's my entertainment. And that's the most important thing, even though it is. I also want him to be healthy. You know what I mean? So hopefully... It is Adam Cole, Bebe, that takes this off of Jericho. We'll get into our picks a little bit later. Uh, but as mentioned, Brian Danielson, Claudio get the victory here. Pretty good match, but not a lot of not a lot of sizzle on the stake, as mm-hmm. as you could say. Is good wrestling, but 
no real friction or anything. It was just your standard tag team match, which again, these four do really well, but right. Uh, by the way, side note, did you see Chris Jericho also was on television, but on a different channel last night, uh, the show, the masked singer, he was a, a dinosaur bride. Huh? What do you think about that? TV sucks right now. I, <laughs> have you watched anything on anything lately? Have you seen that one show, anything on any network? It's, it's all shows like this. It's all some fake competition now with it's got to be singing or dancing because ain't nobody else know how to do anything else no other form of artistic expression can you know what i mean can be displayed on tv and it just yeah this one is one of the worst where it's just i feel like the people like i'm like are you real are you like you're really saying some of the things you're saying you're you're like it just the jokes are not jokes they're they're saying things that don't make sense to each other like i don't know if you've watched anything but i just when i watch tv lately i'm like i, I lose faith in humanity almost it's weird that like i have to watch pro wrestling to have some semblance of sanity about reality and it's just i don't know yeah him being on that great whatever he has one of the most distinguishable voices uh, that i can name well, so it's well hold on this is the problem. And again, we'll go back to our dynamite recap here in just a moment. But here is my thing with that show that I just never really understood. And I've never watched an episode. I've only just seen people say, oh, did you see it was, um, you know, of course, Neo right. or whatever. My thing is the spectrum is too big. I've seen that Rudy Giuliani was someone. And then it's also like there's too many famous people air quotes that I would know anyone's fucking voice so that I don't know any of those fucking judges judge pretty girl. A would know Chris Jericho's voice is laughable because maybe she's a, I'm assuming she's a singer. So she's going to know singers, Chris Jericho. I know he's in Fozzie, but he's not a singer. You know what I mean? We know his voice because we're pro wrestling fans and we've been hearing him for 30 years, but like, I don't know. So anyhow, I, I just thought it was interesting at the same time, Chris Jericho was losing this tag team match. He was also on the Fox network being revealed as a, uh, the mass singer. So that was fun, but let's get back to dynamite. Cause that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, after the match, we get a vignette from Darby Allen and it's kind of standard Darby Allen where uh, they are getting in a car and they're driving to full gear and they're on their way. I will say this. Although this one in particular didn't have a lot to it. There wasn't any extreme stunt that he did where he like jumped off a bridge in one of them in the past, things like that. I will say in the world of backstage promos and passionate in-ring promos, Darby Allen's presentation is the most unique in AEW. Does the black and white video, does some type of artistic expression of whoever its opponent is and things like that, body bags, because that's what Jeff Jarrett mentioned, things like that. So even though this one wasn't necessarily like a home run for me, I do stop anytime Darby Allen has one of these vignettes and it catches my attention because it's unlike anything yeah. else in the show. Oh, I agree. It's got this like modern day you know, Thelma and Louise vibe going on with him and Sting, right? Where it's mm -hmm. kind of like, are they fucking... 
Uh, <laughs> so, hey, they are. You know what I mean? Hey, it's 2022, yeah. right? It's fucking we're yeah. all gravy, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, your money's all good here, right? So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, though. The, the I can see how the character could appeal to some in, in some aspect of that sort of presentation. I think the the missing connection there is also maybe a little more meaningful storylines with outcomes with something on the line, really. Um, a lot of it's been personal pride for Darby stuff, which, you know, at some point we lose interest in that when we just do it over and over again. Right. Now, I will say after this, we have Sting say it's showtime. We immediately go backstage and Sanjay Dutt, to his credit, gets his team over, talks about how the only person that took a chance on him was Jeff Jarrett 20 years ago. And Jeff Jarrett has history with Sting, so he knows that he can take out Sting. And then this is my best friend, Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal, I don't care what you say, is the greatest wrestler in the world. And then I got this seven foot four real monster behind us. So how could we lose? We're the best. Watch a Saturday night at full gear. Again, I'm paraphrasing here, but he got me honestly pumped up with his passion. His pencil fell out at one point. He didn't even acknowledge it. He was really impassioned about this matchup. So credit to him to say, here's my minute and a half, two minutes, whatever it was. And I'm going to sell you on it because it sold me. And then, you know, the other shoe dropped and I realized it's fucking (laughs) Jeff Jr. And I don't want to see that. But for a moment in time, I was all into this. So credit to him for at least doing that. Yeah, it's just, it's Jeff Jarrett. It's Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Let's move on here. We get Anthony Bowens in a singles competition uh, taking on Swerve Strickland. But before we get that, we get a Max Caster standard rap. Nothing too crazy. I think he mentions how Jay Leno got burned. And so is Swerve Strickland in this match, which again, topical, fine. We also get a music video hand for hand. And I think the biggest uh, talking point from this is the return of Captain Insano. What do you think about that? Captain Insano. I thought this was a good use of it. I mean, you do got to be a little bit of an older guy to get the reference, I think, if you haven't seen the movie. Um, But uh, classic. It was great. I mean, he he played the role well, sold out for it like he did back in the movie. Uh, I liked it. Hey, look. If Big Show's going to be on my TV and doing any sort of in-ring spots, I'd almost prefer it be Captain Insano than Paul White, no more BS. So, Mm -hmm. hey, I like it. Yeah, and I will say, if you do like Captain Insano, it was announced today on Pro Wrestling Tees that you can get a Captain Insano t-shirt, which is always fun. Also on Pro Wrestling Tees, if you haven't heard, you can search Spanish announce table and you can pick up one of our t-shirts as yes, we are also on pro wrestling tees. So shameless plug. Actually, it's not shameless. I actually like that. We're on pro wrestling tees. It took a lot of effort and we have finally accomplished yeah. a goal. So support us in wearing our t-shirt. No shame in our game. No shame. Buy at our all. shirt. Now I will say about this music video, and this is honestly my biggest beef with the acclaimed when they try to do things other than fun rap down to the ring. I don't know if it's the music that they're using or something is lost in translation. When you tell me 
hey, there's going to be a new music video from the acclaimed. And you give me all this body of work that Max Caster has said and done in the years that he's been doing this gimmick. I'm expecting something pretty high level. And I don't know if it's the the hook, the music, just something isn't there like it is when he walks down and he's cutting down the opponent live in front of our TV. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Some of these videos have been fun, but they are a little hokey, a little cheesy, which I get. The acclaimed is a little over the top in that regard, right? They're supposed to be very sophomoric, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's still, it's not, it's not the where you're like, oh, I better not battle this guy, right? Well, yeah, I agree. But the, it's like the song isn't good. Right. I don't want to listen to the song. Yeah, the, it's a basic the, loop generally with not much. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the insults are good. There was a lot of good insults in this, but the I, I'm not going to listen to it. I rather listen to their uh, theme song when they walk down and, and just have their normal theme song. But anyhow, it's something that just wasn't there for me, but it still, it wasn't bad. And again, Captain Insano, you can't go wrong. But we get to this one-on-one -on -one contest, Anthony Bowens versus Swerve Strickland. And this was actually really good. I thought this told a good story that Anthony Bowens is still injured and Swerve Strickland is Swerve Strickland. So Swerve Strickland gets the win. Tim, what did you think about this contest? Yeah, I thought this was a good spot for Anthony Bowen, right? Like, I think he kind of got a lot of good shine. There is a lot of focus on Max Caster. Uh, with the acclaim and his raps, we just did a whole lot of talking about Max Caster there. But I think, I think this match was fine. This is just another one again where I, I, I the feud has felt done for me. I'm more almost just kind of sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for the breakup here, right? Like the the they they keep hitting at us that it's coming, but. You know. Well, they threw you for a curveball if you paid attention to their social media because on Shop AW, they released a new shirt of Swerve in Our Glory. And pro wrestling knowledge would tell you anytime there's new merchandise, that doesn't mean the team's breaking up. So who knows? I thought the more interesting story that they could have told, on top of the story that they did tell in this match, which again, I thought was really good. Anthony Bones is injured. He's not at the level of Swerve Strickland. And on top of that, he's not at 100%. But the thing I wish they would have done is kept Billy Gunn and Max Caster out there and had the contrast of Anthony Bowens when he's in a time of need, has two guys that he can look to for support and motivation. Where when Swerve Strickland gets into that same position, Keith Lee isn't there. And that goes more into that, are they going to break up? Are they not going to break up? But Billy Gunn attacks Swerve Strickland right before the match even starts. Both Max Caster and Billy Gunn get kicked out. So then we don't get to really tell that aspect of the story. I think that would have been a little bit more interesting. But again, that's splitting hairs. Nothing that I got too upset about. I just would have preferred it a little bit more of Swerve Strickland's here without Keith Lee. They claimed are all together. Who do you think is going to win on Saturday? So. Yeah, yeah. All right. As we move on. Uh, we get a video package talking about Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose. I'm starting to honestly get more and more into this because Nyla Rose is more and more entertaining. I find her very, very funny. Yeah. I find Jade Cargill to be legitimately annoyed. Like if it was a real shoot, like she's like, 
I'm not a part of Nyla Rose storytelling and you guys are making me do this shit. I hate it and I'm mad. So I'm going to tell you now, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, how do you feel about the Nyla Rose Jade Cargill? Same thing. Look, we, we sung the praises at Jade Cargill and they were deserved, but the, it hit a plateau a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they well, don't, she never had a good foil and they don't know what to do. Right. Exactly. And so this, she should be, she should have stopped at some point and went for the main title and she should have been the focus. So now it was boring and Nyla Rose coming in. First of all, this would be funny no matter who she was doing it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, this is, this is again, this is something I can get behind. I'm like, all right, I, I like this person because it's chaos it's creating chaos where otherwise there's just normalcy and mundane Mm -hmm. activities in pro wrestling this is odd right like she's talking weird stealing belts being like singing her name yeah exactly so i like it more of it i I want more of it yeah so as we uh move on with the show we get an in-ring segment and it's samoa joe and he walks out and I'm going to be honest with you, doesn't really get the booze I think he was expecting. So then he has to do the you people are dumb promo. And oh, you yeah, weak. Yeah. Pussies. So again, I'm fine with it. Then it gets fun. Here's where the the story picks up. Powerhouse Hobbs walks out and he's like, hey, cool, dumbass. You realize I've been kicking his ass before you. And so you just how about this? Then I'll kick your ass. And Samoa Joe's like, come get it what's up let's do it and before they can even tussle wardlow is like hey i am the i am the glue that holds you two assholes together so i'm interjecting myself and i'm gonna kick both of your asses now feel like i'm a broken record here but again i'm gonna say it because i feel like it has to be said and tim maybe we can clip this and send it directly to tony khan but for fuck sakes we missed every shot in this segment everything was missed the dive from wardlow was missed the hey he's coming from the audience so let's just stay on this shot was missed we didn't even you guys fucked up so bad that when wardlow's music hits you're supposed to go to the entrance because that's where he's supposed to come from and we don't we are so afraid because we suck so bad at our job that we stay at the shot that obviously told us Wardlow's coming from the crowd. It was just so remarkably stupid and amateur. And I know people have told me, man, the wrestling's still good. And in this case, it's fucking awesome. Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe, and Wardlow. I I buy the pay-per-view just for that match. I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong. What I am saying is, this production team and all of their decision-making is fucking embarrassing. And I like the promotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, uh. so anyhow, the thing uh, caps off with the ward low backflip that we missed, but then we got on replay, Tim, we'll talk about it when we do our picks, but a three man hoss fight. Yeah, TNT Championship. What do you think about that? This is our big meaty men slapping uh. some meat match of the night, and there's it's gonna happen, right? This is gonna be bodies slamming into each other, throwing each other, a lot of lariats, right? Some 
some slams. Body slams. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of that going I, on. I will say the one thing we actually did pick up, which we probably talked about beforehand, which good, but I did like how the Dark Order came out to separate all three men from fighting each other. Yeah. However, after Wardlow took out two security guards, as the kids say, Dark Order made a business decision and they stepped aside. To them. Hey, hey, I, I love, yeah, even Johnny Hunky was just laughing. He's like, hey, man, yeah, this is you. Go for it. You won tonight. <laughs> we got a good meal. And we came out to protect to you. <laughs> we're your we're we're same team, guy. Yeah, so I thought that was fun. That right. was probably the the funniest moment of the night. But I am excited about this, even yeah. though production did oh, them no. Throughout favors. the night, some of the funniest moments were Taz and Tony Schiavone just get, <laughs> yeah the commentary where they just yeah it, it was some of the greatest throughout the night. Yeah. But anyway, go. they were really good. Uh, so after this, we go backstage. Britt Baker by herself, no Tony Schiavone, which Tony Schiavone later says. Uh, Britt asked for and Britt as I said last week and I'll say it again another broken record comment from me here but she never misses give her time let her know the start and finish and she will not miss and again right here chef's kiss what'd you think I think yeah same thing she did good here uh yeah no hater no rebel Reba right none of that And I think, I think again, delivered a solid message, which even set us up for later down the road, uh, later on in the night, uh, with mm-hmm. a response. I think it was good. I think she, as you said, it's Britt Baker. The floor of what one, she gives you is some of the best stuff you'll see that evening. Of course. And even in this, this felt so last week, I feel like, and we talked about it, how the angle was a little off where Soraya sounded like the heel but I don't think she meant it this time this week. Britt Baker sounded like the baby face. However, I think she meant it. Uh-huh. She talked about things about wrestling through the pandemic to keep wrestling alive through the pandemic, which you'll never know. Soraya, I started this when there was no one, I had the same opportunities given to me that you were given. I did, you know, all the same jumps and hula hoop twirls that you have done. And I kept afloat here at AW. And so now you want to come to what I built. This is my house. Like that's a baby face promo. It there is. was no heel thing to me. I mean, look, they it. can both kind of be again, you know, some in this day and age, some of that's blurred, right? We don't always mm-hmm. have straight up mm-hmm. heel and face. And so I think, yeah, she's right in that it's her house or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. and that adds this nuance to this story that's interesting because i mean you're kind of like yeah then the other person speaks and you're like yeah <laughs> and you're like yeah all right well let's fight let's see what happens you think we're gonna get a both these girls chant throughout the match like if there's just a hold for hold for hold and then they stop and then they're both these girls oh they you know we get something like that maybe i don't know are you both or what's the other one you're you're both awesome or something i don't know Chants are silly and dumb, but anyhow, uh, let's move on. The AW World Trios Championship was on the line. Death Triangle took on Top Flight with AR Fox. Side note: Some longtime listeners may know I was a big Evolve fan, especially towards the end of their promotion. AR Fox was there. AR Fox was doing all the crazy stuff with Austin Theory and Eddie Kingston 
and JD Drake and all the likes of that. And it was great to see that he got an opportunity to do some of the cool shit that he's known for and credit to commentary, especially Excalibur. But so was Taz and Tony Schiavone for putting over, Hey, a lot of what you're seeing from top flight, a lot of what you're seeing from Ray Phoenix and other guys on the roster, they were influenced by this guy, AR Fox. So I do appreciate that they did show the proper respect for AR Fox and not just, Hey, this guy's a, been wrestling a long time. Tell you what, he's, he's quite impressive. Isn't that cool? JR can do that sometimes where he just, Hey, well, this guy, he moves pretty quick. It's like, he's been doing this for 15 years. JR. I get that. You don't know him, but like, act like you do. Right. Cause you're a commentator, you know, but what do you think about this trios match? Um, yes. A, a trios match is set up to be a lot of fun, a lot of fast pace action, a lot of, a lot of in and out, a lot of moving parts, and we got all of that here. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was one classics or anything like that. I thought it was real good. I thought it kept the crowd hype and mm-hmm. gave us a good moment for what followed at the end of it. I agree. And also, on top of that, uh, one other thing that I think is of note of this match was a good. it was good to see Top Flight back. Darius Martin obviously had a car crash that damn near took him out of wrestling. So it was good to see that he was back. And if you paid attention, they didn't lose. AR Fox was the one who took the pin, which was fine because he's not an AEW talent. So top flight, you got to see back in action. So hopefully maybe from there, you can see them, you know, getting in some matches with Swerve and our glory. If they continue to be a team post full gear or things like that, but top flight, you know, they still are a little rough around the edges, but I like, I like their vibe. I wouldn't mind if you get private party away from this. Our contracts are always held by someone that uh, we don't like storyline. And you just do the future of tag team wrestling in AEW and it's private party versus top flight and a best two out of three falls match or, you know, best of seven throughout four or five weeks. I wouldn't hate that. That would be something I might be into, but not too bad. So, uh death triangle retains their championships uh similar to the tag match i was hoping for a little bit more friction the story's been told that Pac says you do whatever you can to retain your championships take this you know hammer here and hit him in the head but in this match they kind of wiped the floor with top flight and ar fox so we didn't really get any friction right so i was hoping for something like that but as you mentioned Post-match, after they win, Pac does something that I think more wrestlers need to do. And I'm paraphrasing here. But essentially, he says, we watch this show. Mm-hmm. We're not fucking dumb. We see these dumb vignettes and whatever. So and he doesn't even mention them, but he's like, but if your dumb asses want to show up Saturday, we'll fight you. And I like that because one thing that I get so tired of is when spooky wrestler Kane, Undertaker, whoever it is, fill in the blank, Bray Wyatt. And the wrestlers caught off guard like, oh my God, what's the lights going off for again? It's like, have you not seen the last three weeks? This is Undertaker. This is whoever it is. And I like this. I'm I'm all on board as all of this is happening, right? Uh, Again, takes away some of the, you know, we thought, write it up. Death Triangle's having problems. They're going to fight, and the elite are going to steal a victory and win the titles. Now I'm less so sure. They were on the same page, right? They were 
Now, could that be a look over here, forgot about what we were telling you so that it hits? Maybe. But where it goes wrong for me is, that's great. He's like, where you at? Where you at? And then gets interrupted. And it's like, oh, uh, what, what's happening? And then they just show the graphic for the match and like the Thanos suddenly appears the elite there and they're like, now the match. And I was like, that was the fucking payoff for like everything you've been doing with these videos was another fucking graphic on the Titan Tron for fuck's sake or whatever they call it over there in AW. Like mm -hmm. that felt pretty lame to me. So here's the question. They have to have the match, right? Or the match is going to happen at full gear. So how would you have done it? Would you have had them show up on Dynamite and then that's the first time you've seen them since All Out? Or do you save it for the pay-per-view and say, you want to see these guys? These guys are your best friends. You, These are your favorites? Pay us fucking $60 and then you can see them there. True that. Yeah, I don't know how you set it up and and get to the match there but yeah because like you let us know who it was like we all knew who it is mm -hmm. and that's what he was saying he being Pac was saying we know guys you we're not everybody's gets it like what do you fucking want right like again calling them kind of lame like shut up you think you're fucking coming for us we're waiting for you that's that's what you're saying but i just yeah, I don't know how you book that, right? What do you do to get that match? You can't say, like, mystery opponent because it's not a mystery, right? So how do we – yeah, I would think somebody's got to show up and beat somebody up on Dynamite 4 or something, don't they? Or you know what you could do? Oh, and it would piss off CM Punk, which they'd probably love. Steal a little bit from CM Punk when – John Moxley had that open challenge and he said, anyone can sign this piece of paper and you'll fight me at the pay-per-view. And it was a steel who walked out and was like, I'm grabbing this piece of paper, right? Have death triangle do the same thing. Say, Hey, it worked well for John Moxley. He got the match he was looking for. Here's an open contract. Any three any three people can sign it. And you get Brian Cutler and Cutler walks Brandon out Cutler. there. Or Brandon Cutler, excuse me. Yeah. Brandon Cutler. You get Brandon Cutler to do the spray. They even have him spray Adam. Like, get away from me. And grabs the contract and everyone knows, but then we didn't see it. I would have done Cutler. That's what I would have done. And again, it would have pissed off Punk because it's the exact yeah, thing. It's, it's his thing. Uh, Jeffrey Todd in the YouTube chat says, I really hope Death Triangle wins. Don't like the Young Bucks or Omega. And yeah, I mean, we're not the biggest fans of, of those fellas well, the most either, but. I, was, I will say I, I made the proclamation after all out and I will stay to it until some catastrophic event changes it. But Kenny Omega is in my all time favorites for reportedly saving Kenny in the Larry. backstage bra. Larry, God, please. Larry. So Larry, man, you drunk. Maybe. You know why you're not drunk? Because nobody was a beer sponsor of the week. You can go to SpanishHoundsTable.net and you can donate money on the PayPal links there to donate us money and be the beer sponsor of the week. Or you can alternately follow the link to buy our shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees on our Pro Wrestling Tees store. And look at Larry there. Look at Larry. Yeah, I like Larry. So, uh, going back to my original point, Kenny Omega can do no wrong so far. And so I like Kenny Omega. For him, Sarah, saving the dog in the fist fight between the Young Bucks 
and CM Punk and a steel. So look, I used to call the young bucks, some pretty harsh names on this podcast for a long time. They, Still they blocked me. Yeah. And they blocked me on Twitter. So it's not like we're friends. Kenny Omega. Twitter's blocking know. Twitter. Well, again, hashtag something. Well, uh, I took the hashtag tweet the table banner down. Cause I was like, I don't know if that's going to exist anymore. Yeah, I might as well just knows. moving on. Yeah. So <laughs> Moving hashtag on. whatever or email or fucking call us i don't know <laughs> what's your wrestling thoughts yeah, email table show gmail.com and then you know, we're on tiktok there we <laughs> are comments here all right so then and uh, where are all the cool kids going when twitter dies where are we going where are we all gonna hang out where are we going discord Where's the I don't cool know. thing i think it's discord but who knows is it um we'll see uh let's continue here and what was Probably the most confusing thing of the entire show and probably the entire event. Backstage, we get Ricky Starks, and he notes that Lance Archer took him out last week, but they'll clash Friday, and he vows to beat Archer on Rampage. I will bring up this point, though. Ethan Page uh, next uh, will take on Bandito which is Spanish for bandit. There you go. Correct. Or is that a stone for you? Uh, but Ethan page beats bandito. So he is in the final. However, Ricky Stark and Lance Archer is a first round matchup. So they have to do Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. Winner takes on Brian cage to then finally wrestle Ethan page Saturday. What are we going to do? It's a lot. Why didn't you just say Ricky Starks is out with injury? Lance Archer advances Brian cage versus Lance Archer Friday at rampage. Cause are how are you going to do two matches? Like well, I, I just, it's confusing. It's yeah. Start of the show in the middle of the show. I guess let's do it. Of a one hour show. Yes. I mean, maybe who knows back to back. Wouldn't shock me, but it would also be a little weird. So anyhow, as, as mentioned, the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament semifinal Bandito, Spanish for Bandit. So there's, on there's your answer. Page. One of these, something's going to happen. It's going to be like a two-minute, he got punched in the back of the dick, and you know what I mean? He'll moved up or something, and it's over in seconds. Over in seconds. And then he says, hey, I'm still fresh. Brian Cage, bring your ass out here. I, yeah, something. But they got to do two matches in one night to then do the third match the next night. That's a lot of a lot of whoever is advancing. So, Unless um, is one. Okay, so first match is Friday night. Second match is pre-show Saturday. Third match. Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. Okay. I don't hate that. Yeah, right. It's on the it's on the Dolph Ziggler kickoff show. Okay. I mean, there's worse things. Yeah. However, so if that's the case, right? Let's say it's that, it, or even let's say it's two matches in one night. It has to be Ricky Starks who's advancing. Them, it right? better be. Absolute. So, yeah, absolute Ricky Stark. Um, well, let's get away from that. We'll talk about that when we do our picks. Uh, Bandito takes on Ethan Page. Ethan Page gets the victory. I thought Bandito actually looked really good in this matchup. 
And for me, not necessarily loving the uh, luchadors in American wrestling, I find them to be a little bit one note. And that note isn't necessarily bad. I just find them all to be kind of the same. I felt like Bandito stood out a little bit here. He did the gorilla press. Then he even did it with one hand. He is obviously not a big man. Ethan Page was bigger than him. So I thought that was fun. Some of his offensive moves was captivating. I think he has a charisma that an Andrade, a Roosh, uh, a Dominic Mysterio, a 2022 version of Rey Mysterio is missing. I like Bandito. I think it's fun. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike the Bandito. Spanish for Bandit. Uh, but Ethan Page picks up the victory, and so then we move on. And and what do we get? Oh, we get uh, Soraya. Soraya comes back, and uh, this is where she doesn't say a lot, but she says, "Hey." I came here to fight the best. You apparently are the best. So there, and I'm done. Bye. What'd you think of that? We, yeah, she basically just said, look, all right, I get it. Yeah, we said what we're going to say. I'm tired of talking about this. I don't even, like, what's the point of saying something? I'm going to just kick your ass this Saturday. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So, uh, and then walks off. Fine. I like it. Look, the less said, the better at this point, I think. I agree. However, this is where you had your chance not to say Brett Baker cut an all-time promo, but that was fucking fire. And then you just say, I'm tired of talking, you know? Yeah. Uh, of course you are. Right. One of my it's favorite like the guy things, in the rap battle being like, this ain't worth my time, bro. After you just cut mm-hmm. him down. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my favorite, you know, things, cause you're a retired battle rapper. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We all know that. R.I.P. Uh, but one of my favorite T-Max, moments. Baby. Oh, man. That, I talked about that with my wife the other day. I was like, I was at two ads at one time. God damn it. Anyhow. Um, you have the evidence. We named an episode that. Go back yeah, to <laughs> One of my uh, favorite moments that I'm trying to describe here is there was a uh, hour-long special that uh, champion Dominic Cruz, and, or excuse me, champion T.J. Dillashaw and challenger Dominic Cruz did for their upcoming UFC title fight. And it was John Anik, the, the interviewer, and then the two of them on each side. Right. And Dominic Cruz is just cutting them down. Hey, you're short, you're slow. You're not good as you're not as good as me. You're old times past all that stuff to the point where TJ Dillashaw goes like, I'm done. I'm, I, I'm, I'm done talking here. And Dominic Cruz goes, you dummy, we have 45 more minutes. You're not done talking. Mm-hmm. Like, keep like, and that's kind of what it felt like here, where Soraya had the opportunity to talk. And what she did was, and that ain't very get behind and cheer for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Tim, after that, yeah. we go to a commercial break and then we come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's right before it is the right main before event. the main event, right? The, the first the the match right for the main event. You know what time it is. I know what time it's it is. Time, time for the, the women. Yes, AEW baby predictability oh, like man. clockwork. Love it. Love it. Death taxes and women before the main event. Yes. How you fucking like do it. Like knowing how my TV is going to be. Exactly. 
God damn, why try something new? Tony Storm, your interim AEW champion, took on Anna JAS. And uh, paint by numbers, nothing wrong. Here's my biggest uh, gripe with the match. Tony Storm gets the victory. And again, another very fine match. Nothing I'll probably watch again, though, right? After the match, though, everyone's favorite internet hero, the IWC's queen right now, Jamie Hayter, walks down the ring, walks down to the ring, excuse me, and does absolutely fucking I think she felt nothing. 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 What the fuck was that? Yeah, you went down there just to stare at her? Have Britt Baker at least hold her back. Be like, hey, no, no, not right now. Not tonight. And Jamie Hayter, that, you know, something. Something. You walk all the way down there. Your music hit for you to do fucking nothing. nothing. Less nothing. than nothing. How stupid of a wasted opportunity that was. That was that was a more wasted opportunity than Soraya just saying, I'm done. Let's see Saturday. <laughs> like, yeah. What the uh, hell was that? You know, I I would like to go back in time, like to hop in the Spanish announced time machine. As and a white guy, that would work out for you. Yeah. Well, and I would like to go back to the week uh, where we praised Anna JAS uh, for her new personality when she did the, I'll choke you out and choke the person out. And I would like to go back in that moment in time and not give her that praise because I didn't realize she would just continue to try to run that gimmick into the ground every single week from here on out and just make it not mean anything anymore. Yes. I think she needs to do more things with the opportunities. For example, you're going to lose this match to Tony Storm, right? Here, where's here's if I get the pencil, right? Mm -hmm. Here you go. I get the pencil. This is pen in this case. Yeah. This is how you book it, in my opinion, to get everyone over and something substantial. You have the match, you do all the things, you have Anna J get some offense in, you get a false finish, you know, one, two, Tony Storm kicks out. Anna J then does another move, false finish, one, two, kicks out. Then she does another thing. It's a quick roll up. One kicks out. Anna J looks at the referee and is like, you son of a bitch. This has been three every single time. No, uh, not her name. Aubrey. Grabs her, you know, grabs the referee, chokes the referee out because she can't handle fucking bullshit that's been going on. Chokes her out disqualification tony storm looks around like hey i'm not done wrestling so if anyone back there has anything to say come out jamie Hayter then walks out with Britt baker saying no you're wrestling her saturday you know rebel and and Britt baker are like no no don't waste it now don't waste like you yeah. have her on saturday oh yeah and then there it is that's the segment i wouldn't hate it if if she was the i'll choke you out but then was like you said legitimately choking folks out now it's just become this something to phrase, say phrase and it just isn't it's not cool anymore right choke people out choke, yeah, people, choke out. people out right that was what the coolest thing was is when uh her and 2.0 were doing that backstage segment and some catering guy got choked right. out Right, and they're just and the two guys are laughing in his face on either side. Like, I mean, yes, we need more of that. The zaniness is fine. It's just that she's living off 
the thing that popped us eight weeks ago or whatever it was now. Oh, and, and God bless her. She seems like she has a bright future. If I could get in her ear and tell her anything right now, it is absolutely drop the magician wannabe gimmick that you so fucking want to do. She has been doing the bow this thing when it was dark order. Before that, she actually had a fucking bow tie and like a top hat. And she still can stop your, no one likes a magician. No one. Ask a magician. They'll tell you. No one likes yeah, them. You've seen so David fucking Blaine. Stop it. Yeah. David Copperfield still yeah. in house shows in Vegas. You know who does that? People were, their careers are going nowhere. I think a donkey so, does a house show in Vegas. I mean, you know where to go. Moving on to the main event. John <laughs> <laughs> Moxley's music hits after the commercial break. And Tim, let's talk about this because this was all over the place and not in a good way for me. Yeah. John Moxley cuts essentially the same promo where this time he talks more about himself saying like, do you know who the fuck I am? Which is good. It's fine. However, the firm comes out for 45 seconds to beat up William Regal and John Moxley. Here's the point where I just almost threw something at the TV yet again. John Moxley's getting beat up by the firm. If you don't like him, I get it. If you're Claudio, Brian Danielson, and Kayfabe World, you're like, God damn it. Moxley always gets himself in these situations. One day he's going to learn, you know what? We're going to make him learn a tough lesson here. And you don't go and help him, okay? But when William Regal is getting his ass kicked and you don't come out, MJF beats you to the punch to save his opponent, you look like fucking schmucks. Yeah, because they were there. We saw them earlier. We I mean, saw them. They earlier. skated out already. But why would you do that when your guy's got a well? Segment and at the even end of on the night? top of that is okay. After you wrestle the match in kayfabe world, you move to the next town thing, right? If we're staying in, yeah, they were still in the showers, all, right? Well, guess who also beat him to the punch. Ethan Page, yeah. who wrestled later in the night and still ran out there to beat up on all John Moxley. So, like, the BCC looks like functioning idiots. The firm looks dumber than them because here they are beating up Moxley and William Regal. For no MJF, right. Yeah, MJF walks out or runs out. Now, he has the diamond ring, so he takes out some of them. I get it. Right? The diamond ring supposed to mean something. So I think the ass boys took the first two punches. Got it. But then, uh, what's the fuck his name? The guy Morrissey. The, Morrissey. He gets kicked in the dick and poked he's in the big eye. cast. And he's cast, seven yeah. foot tall. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But he gets kicked in the dick and poked in the eye. Mm -hmm. And then MJF is like, go away. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't come back and outnumber everybody. And again, but you you started this fight with Moxley initially on MJF's behalf, and he keeps saying, "Don't do that." And yet here you are again, just with John. Yeah, with John Moxley not saying anything about the yeah, firm. nothing about him. It would be one thing if Moxley's like, "Hey, you guys are you don't want to fight me because that guy says it." What a bunch of bitches! And they're like, "Oh fuck you!" And then they go after him. But he has. 
So then Mox, excuse me, then uh, MJF grabs the microphone. And I get, we're supposed to be selling, but this had shades of like a fever dream of what the pipe bomb was supposed to be or something because John Moxley's selling MJF is talking about how he wants him at a hundred percent and then, you know, pouring out his soul. William Regal's fine. Cause he's up on his feet. He gets in his face, just this whole jumbled mess. And then he goes to cut his fucking, you know, catchphrase and Moxley pulls the, the microphone away from him and then says the wrong day. See ya yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Wait a minute, Saturday. Well, Saturday, the Sunday, part two Sunday. that he says, what day's the show? Saturday or Sunday, which it's like, I get, even again, if it's kayfabe world and we're talking about a wrestling, but you might still call it the show. But I was like, bro, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I get, it's still the, the, the saving grace for Moxley is it's not terribly off brand. Yes. Right? Yeah. If this was, if this was FTR or if this was, uh, Swerve Strickland, Jericho. Like, yeah, Jericho. Like, man, that looks really fucking bad. But for Moxley, yeah, he's this lunatic friend. Like, I don't even know what day it is right him. fucking now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> William Regal books all this shit for me. I show up and yeah, I Regal should have been like, like it's Saturday, and I'm like Saturday, fucking whenever. I'll beat you up Saturday and Sunday. Fucking yeah. come back the next day, get a second yeah. ass whooping. So the show ends <laughs> like a wet fart, <laughs> and what'd you think? Just that. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that was a lot of work up for not much. We're not still much getting this all. MJF is is John Cena, right? Well, let's get into our picks. Okay. So this is according to Wikipedia, everyone's most trusted oh, yeah. news source. Because AEW, yeah, because AEW just doesn't have anything really, so I'm gonna go off Wikipedia. So yeah, their website talk- is not great. Not great at stuff. all. No, no, not at all. Kinda let's like kick their off. television production. E- yeah, everything behind the camera for AEW is high school level, grade school level. If you're international, I think that's what you guys call it. But whatever, it sucks. Um, let's kick it off. I'm just. I don't know if this is in order, but I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, I'll go bottom to top because the first match, John Moxley, MGF. Obviously, that's the main event. So let's just go at the bottom all the way to the top. So. In our first matchup of the night, maybe, uh, it is the TNT champion Wardlow mm. taking on Samoa Joe, taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. Him, who pins Powerhouse Hobbs? Well, <laughs> no title is on the line, correct? No, it is. It's for the AEW TNT Championship. Oh, for the TNT Championship. Hmm. Hey, listen, I could talk myself into powerhouse Hobbs winning TNT championship in there. Then we move on with this Samoa Joe Wardlow feud, right? Maybe that starts becoming around the ROH TV title, right? Maybe he's like, you cost me my title. I'm going to take yours, but you're probably right. Wardlow pins fucking powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow. Retains the title. Samoa Joe standing over there looking like, all right, you still got an asshole coming to you. Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. Ah, no harm, no foul. I tricked you. It's Powerhouse Hobbs. He's winning the match. He's your new TNT champion. And then December 10th, you're going to get Wardlow versus Samoa Joe for Samoa Joe's 
TV championship. And then after that goes away, then we're going to get Wardlow back to the TNT champion, who is Powerhouse Hobbs. And then he's going to get the second run at it because the TNT championship isn't necessarily something that's like a huge, long reign, so it can jump around a lot. And Powerhouse Hobbs gets it. Then you can call him former TNT champion as he moves on into his career. Wardlow gets the title back. Then he can do something else. There you go. Powerhouse Hobbs wins. Hey, he'll look good. Matchup. He'll look good with that fucking title. I'll tell you what. He's Powerhouse the best. Hobbs. He's I awesome. think he's awesome. All right. Then we move on to the six-man trios championship match. It is Death Triangle taking on the Elite, which is, to clarify, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Tim, what says you? Everything screams the Elite win this, and they, they walk out of there with three new shiny belts. But could there be some sort of no-ending DQ, you know, that kind of thing going on here? Because, man, that, that Death Triangle segment felt right. right. That felt like home. That felt like we're ready to, to – I'm ready to roll with the Death Triangle some more. I'm ready to see them some more. So I don't know, man, but I, if I had to, like, bet money on it, I'm saying Elite win, got their tag team titles. Or, so know, I want it to be – I want it to be Death Triangle. Yeah. Zero Miedo. But I think Pac is going to turn on him and get pissed and says they're fucking losers. And I have a Kenny Omega something here. Uh, by the way, Instagram, TMAC Toy Wrestling, if you want to check out some of my photos of all these silly ass uh, action figures. But I got the Elite. I think the Elite are going to win. I think this is when we hug and we're back on track, motherfuckers. Here we go. And then, you know, we get to whatever they were going to tell after All Out. I think they have that story still ready and says like, no, we can totally do this story. What that is, we're going to find out because the Elite win their championships back. Yeah, okay. I think it's going to be fun. Look, they do the Elite. this match is going to be pay-per-view matches oh. better than almost most because well, they hey, take so much time we talked about young bucks and lucha bros possibly giving us the best cage match of all time uh, who knows what we're about to see tim god bless you because you went into the next matchup and it is a cage match it is luchasaurus mm-hmm. taking on jungle boy jack perry as you mentioned cage matches in AEW short history don't miss just like Britt baker's promos they don't miss. And this one can get wild because I feel like Jack Perry wants to say, this is where I go for some singles championships. What well, Christian's going to be involved in this somehow. And we've seen him put his life and limb on the line for some spots and some things like this, even in some cage matches. So mm-hmm. yes, this will be a major point of the night. I feel, but will it be, greatest cage match of all time right that's the bar that got kind of set so mm-hmm. you know uh we'll see but i i agree with you i think those two talent in particular are like ready to kind of say no look at us motherfucker remember us mm-hmm. side note let's take a quick step backwards one thing i just want to say as maybe a keep an eye on keep an eye on it don't be shocked if the elite when they're trios championships, they hug and do the cold spray and all of that lights go out and the reborn house of black takes them out 
We get the new 2.0 House of Black. Yeah, they've been know. doing a lot of cryptic uh, online stuff as well, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Doing so their, don't be shocked. Yeah, doing there. We hang out in the shadows. We're spooky. Keep We're an spooky. eye. That's all I'm saying. Look, I painted Keep my face for this. Spooky. Spooky. So I got, going back to this match, though, I got Jack Perry. I think this is his coming out party. This is going to be him. Hey, fucking check me out. You guys said I'm a pillar. MJF is in the main event here. Now, next is me. I'm going to ascend to that same spot over the next few months. So here's where I start. That's what I think happens. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry Mm -hmm. is going to be sitting on that cage with everybody doing the fucking, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, 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 right? He's going to fucking be. And Christian's going to be like, when I get healthy, you motherfucker. Shaking his old man fist at him. And, you know, if you wanted to, I think one thing that you should probably do in this match is have Christian cage fumble the finish for Luchasaurus. Jack Perry gets the victory because Christian cage forgets to open up the door for Luchasaurus or something. And then Luchasaurus doesn't look like such a fucking idiot, but he obviously lost. And now Christian is like this fucking idiot can't get it done. I'm going to kick your ass in three weeks or whatever it is. So I would say again, keep an eye on that. Uh, Next up we get, our piss break. It's going to be Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal taking on Darby Allen and Sting. Now I'll say this. When I went out, when I, or excuse me, when we went to All Out, I legitimately, my favorite memory of All Out, if I'm going to be honest with you, is seeing the Stinger splash in person. <laughs> Fucking love it. It was my favorite. I damn near cried. I loved every second of it. I posted the video. It got 65,000 views. So apparently other people fucking love it too. If you're going, this isn't probably going to be the piss break for you. However, as a viewer from home, we know this song and dance. So Jeff Jarrett sucks and I don't really want to waste my time on it. (laughs) What do you think? I feel like Jeff Jarrett sucks. And I feel like they're going to get a heel cheating victory here. You think? Yeah, because I don't think this is over yet, right? I don't think it's over either. But I'll give, I will counter that with this thought. I think Jeff Jarrett loses. He's the one that gets pinned by Sting. One, two, makes three. Makes him more crazy. That makes Sanjay Dutt more crazy. And then he finally says, my best friend deserves better than some old man. Darby Sting at Winter is Coming, because that's the next big one. It's going to be Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh. And oh shit, how are they going to overcome those odds? And that's where Satnam Singh doesn't necessarily have to do a lot because it's a tag match, but he obviously looks the part. So maybe he squeezes Sting's head or, you know, does those kind of moves. But we get that. Sting ever face uh, fucking giant Gonzalez? Does he already know how to do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Right. He's like, you giant Gonzalez's cousin? You look yeah. like it. Like, we got it. We got this. <laughs> yeah. I know how to do we this. We got it. Call so the ring, I think, yeah, I think that's where we go. And then Jeff Jarrett, again, rides off into the sunset, probably hopefully get burned by the sun. I don't know. Um, but uh, we don't see him again. Next up, we get a blood feud. It is the debuting Soraya taking on Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. 
as I said before, Tim, what says you? I feel like we're not going to have Soraya return to the ring and lose. Okay. Okay. But man, it would be cool. <laughs> I think, so I think Soraya wins. Now, I think you could play into the Britt Baker needs to cheat to win, is trying to get Rebel and Jamie Hayter to help her. Jamie Hayter's a little bit not wanting to, creating some more of their little tension, right? And then finally Britt Baker gets the cheating thing, whatever, but is left in there like, when you fucking do the thing, when I told you to fuck, you're supposed to kick her in the fucking cunt. You know, and she's like, oh, fucking, no, no, you didn't need to, right? That kind of thing. So maybe we could still see Britt Baker win, but I think Paige, Soraya wins it. Yeah, I think Soraya wins. Again, I take the pencil real here, real quick here, and I just want to tell you my thoughts of how I would do this. This is how I would do it to create more fun in the future. I would have Rebel in the quarter of Britt Baker, DMD. Now, I'm reading you this match order from Wikipedia. I don't think it's going to be this match order. I would honestly do. Well, no, this would be right for the main event, right? Yeah. Well, what I would do is Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter earlier in the night, and I would have Rebel in the corner corner of Jamie Hayter. Rebel helps Jamie Hayter to become your interim mm. AEW World's Champ. Wow, Rebel is fucking awesome helping out Jamie. Then later, you get Britt Baker versus Soraya, and Rebel fucks it all up. Soraya gets the victory. Then we have interim champ Jamie Hayter. Britt Baker pissed at both of them because what the fuck? Why didn't you help me? Why are we all focused on her? This is all about me. There we go off into the sunset. Not sunset, but there we go off to the races. As they you even say. have maybe the, both of them, Hayter and her, out there and like. That's when Baker needs help, and she turns and rebels over there, and they're all like, "Oh, they're like, like fucking cleaning the belt and stuff, and doing poses and fucking over yeah. here, like taking pictures and shit, yeah. high fiving mm -hmm. people and shit." Uh, yeah. And then she's like, "Yo, motherfuckers, <laughs> like over oh, here, I got him!" Oh shit! And then it's too late, right? And then yeah. she gets rolled up, and fucking, they can't get there in time. Yeah, great storytelling. So, yeah, so I got Soraya winning this because again, her debut and an AW, everyone gets booked strong. Uh, if you come from WWE yeah. next up, I mean, it's true. Look, I mean, yeah. name, name, uh, name a former it's, WWE it's guy also, with a 500 record. Yeah. But there's also very like longstanding conventional wisdom and wrestling tells us like somebody's coming back after like retirement. We thought they'd never come back as injury. They're not really losing the first match, but and that's where I, this is kind of where I want my failed hot tag. Yes. And shoot real quick here. Sidebar. I just want, Soraya to get through it. I don't want any injury. I I don't want this to be marred by the. Do you remember when Soraya broke her neck? Pay per view, kind of like how All Out was a very good pay per view, but it's only remembered of the pe press conference. I don't want something like that in this match. So my number one hope is that they leave healthy. I don't right. even care if they fucking two minute like Christian versus Jungle Boy and it's just some bullshit. Fine, just don't get hurt. That's all I'm saying. All right, now let's move on to the TBS championship match. It is champion without her belt, Jade Cargill, taking on challenger with the belt, Nyla Rose. Tim, what say you? I think we might get some shenanigans. Uh-oh. 
we get Nyla Rose to win, but it draws Jade Cargill off somehow into another feud, and there we go. We can kind of forget that that was a thing, and now it's, bitch, I got my sights on the real thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the, the fucking, you know, going for the fucking Hail Mary here and say Nyla Rose wins this through heel tactics. You know, it's interesting to say or diversion, something like that from somebody else, right? Yeah. It's interesting to say that when we watch AEW, we always see the women before the main event. However, you take a step back, the main event picture is kind of crowded now. Mm -hmm. Because you got Tony Storm, you got Jamie Hayter, you got Britt Baker, who's always going to be there. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is the boogie woman who's still the champion. And then Jade Cargill needs to be in there because she's been mid-card for too long. Nyla Rose is a former champion, so it could be. Well, Nyla Rose in the TBS uh, slot, I think, would be perfect. That, I honestly do think, would be really good. Because then you could bring in, you know, baby faces like Willow Nightingale to take on uh, Nyla Rose. And that's more believable that Willow would beat Nyla Rose than Jade Cargill. It's not just squash fest because it's Jade Cargill and we're selling her as like an American gladiator. Right, exactly. So you make good points. They're wrong, yeah. but you make good points. I mean, they're good points, but that's not what's going to happen. Points. Yeah, I got Jade Cargill. Jade yeah. Cargill wins this one. Um, but it will be fun. I think this one might not steal the show, but this one might be the, that was the you surprise could even, of the It night. doesn't even have to be anything major. The baddies could turn on Jade Cargill in like an egregious way. And then so she focuses on the baddies for two months, right? And, and destroys everything about their lives. And then it's like, oh, well, Nyla Rose has already lost the title now. Why, if, I, if I got to chase a belt, I'm not going to chase that fucking thing that I already held. I know I can do that. Mm-hmm. That bitch over there, you know, fucking, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and I, I haven't heard. You you listen to Busted Open Radio. I don't. Yeah, I haven't in a I while, Thund- though, but yeah. Because I know Thunder Rosa contributes yeah, have you I heard anything i have as not far heard as... anything about thunder roses um you know yeah, yeah I don't that's know. interesting that is interesting mm-hmm. uh all right let's keep it moving here for the ring of honor heavyweight championship it is a four-way match champion chris jericho taking on challengers brian danielson claudio castanoli and sammy guevara what happens here i think All right, I think one of two things happens here. Chris Jericho wins is the easy answer, right? We continue the Ocho, we continue this thing. And that's mm-hmm. solid. I'm 50% like, yeah, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The other 50% tells me Cesaro wins. However, it's in a way Claudio. that, or yeah, Claudio wins. However, it's in a way that Brian Danielson could perceive somehow wronged him when he was about to win it. And then we get this, hey, fuck you, no, fuck you, no, you know what I mean? Like, and then, you know, they continue their heat in the BCC over over the ROH championship. So I'm going to say Claudio Castagnoli wins. I like that. That would be fun. Right. I think Chris Jericho Hire us, Tony. All right, yeah, because Chris Jericho's going to (laughs) win. Hire us, Tony. Chris Jericho's going to win, but I think we leave – with Sammy Guevara saying, 
Hey, you motherfucker. I actually think I could beat you one-on-one. I really think I can. And I think at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, you do Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara one-on-one for the championship. Chris Jericho loves that Yeah, and Chris Jericho loves that shit, right? He loves the inner turmoil group faction bullshit. So this is right up his alley. So I think Chris Jericho... Well, that's been a long-standing. Sammy and him have been ahead of... Oh, right. If you since day one, mm-hmm. since day one, they've been, you know, less sex gods. You know what I right. mean? So uh, I think that's what happens. I think Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara. I wouldn't be shocked if Sammy Guevara gets kicked out because then it's Daniel Garcia says, I'm his new favorite. Get the fuck out of here. Something like that. And then you do Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia for the pure in ring of honor. I don't know. That's going down a long road, but I think in the interim, Chris Jericho has to main event your pay-per-view December 10th, be on the poster. And I think the most fun would be Sammy Guevara, who can obviously sell some tickets. Yeah, I forgot they're having this ROH post, like, event, this pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, now let's move on to the interim AEW Women's (laughs) Championship match. Interim champ Tony Storm taking on challenger Jamie Hayter. Tim, what say? I feel like I feel like they're gonna pull the trigger and and rain some hater raid down on the crowd. I think Jamie Hater is gonna pull this down, and I just don't like. I mean, I think it's a you have the interim championship, so you can kind of play with it a little bit, right? A lot of people can win it, right? So the real champ comes back, and then we've got a different story. So I think, yeah, I think we're gonna get Hater winning this. I think Tony Khan peeking behind the curtain. I think he's learned from his mistake with the acclaimed at all out where the acclaim should have won at all out 1 million percent. I think he sees the groundswell for Jamie Hayter and this, like I said, she is the IWC queen right now. Everyone loves Jamie Hayter. So I think she will become champ. Now, what does that do to Tony storm? That's the interesting part. And as I mentioned, the boogie woman, Thunder Rosa, when she comes back, what does that mean? Because you could easily do a triple threat where Tony Storm says, I want my rematch. Thunder Rosa says, I'm the champ. And then Jamie Hayter says, I want to unify the titles. There's a triple threat or a fatal, yeah. four, not fatal because no one dies. But then you do a four way throw in Britt Baker. Yeah. Kind of what you said, you know how we know Hater is so over with the crowd right now is that like this storyline doesn't even really make any like, oh man, they were roommates. <laughs> like I, then she's gonna come out and say nothing to her and just stare at her and mean mugger, right? Like there's not a whole lot of substance to this, but yet everybody's still like, This is the fucking one. Give mm-hmm. us what I if I had the Batista clip right now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Give me what, what I want. want. Um we gotta get that. We gotta get that on here. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. He also never capitalized with the orange Cassidy height of of movements, you know, like I think there's, yes, I, 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 in fact, I hope it does just for that moment too. This is another way I said it's an interim title. It's on Tony storm. Who's not setting the world on fire. So you can give somebody else a victory who then later the rest of her time there is former AEW world champion. You know, I will say Tony storm has been the best babyface champion they've had 
Britt Baker, even though she was the babyface when she won, they, he did capitalize on that. When Britt Baker should have won the championship, she won the championship. Yeah. But then they were like, no, she's still a heel. And it's like, God damn it. We want to cheer her. Stop the fucking shit. But then Britt Baker is just so good that she's like, no, fucking boo me. And we're like, fine, we'll boo you. Right. I will say, though, Tony Storm, in my opinion, has been the base, best babyface women's champ they've had. Better than Akaro Shida, better than uh, yeah, Rio. Yeah, I think she's doing really well. She cuts a good promo. The story is not much, but the, hey, we were roommates. Then when I came, you're acting like a mean girl. What the fuck? Yeah. You're a bitch. Yeah, again, not much, but something. Uh, but yes, I think Jamie Hayter, like I said, for the same reasons, I don't think they're going to do it pace for pace, you know, uh, beat for beat of what I said with the rebel helps and then rebel fucks up kind of thing with her and Britt Baker. But Jamie Hayter wins because Britt Baker moves on past Soraya. They're not going to make Soraya and Britt Baker this 10 match feud. You know, no, what I, mean? I wouldn't think so. No. All right. Then we get the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament final. Ethan Page, we know, is there versus TBD. Now, as mentioned, uh, Friday night, and we're recording this on a Thursday, so we don't know who's going to win, but Friday night, we get Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. Brian Cage has advanced, beating Dante Martin. So the winner of Ricky Starks, Lance Archer, has to win that match, then move on, beat or fight Brian Cage, and then the winner of that then faces Ethan Page. So who wins that side of the bracket, and then who wins between whoever you're choosing versus Ethan page. Yeah. So I, I want to feel like Ricky Starks wins somehow against Lance Archer and he beats yep. Brian cage. And then we get Ethan page, Ricky Starks. And then I feel like That's it's going to be Ethan page wins still. Right. I, because I feel like spoiler alert who wins the world title I just, I don't know that we want Ricky Starks up against that person immediately, you know? And so, yeah, I got Ricky Starks winning the second half of this bracket that then takes on Ethan Page at full gear. Right. I think Ethan Page wins because he has history with both. So the firm has been beating up John Moxley. So then John Moxley, if he retains, says, yeah, I definitely want to fuck up anyone from the firm. They've been yeah. a pain in my ass for Especially the last Especially this year. asshole. Look at him. Exactly. Yeah. And then if it's MJF, the story's there, right? This is my former group. What the fuck? They suck. Blah, blah, blah. Here it is. So, for all those reasons, I do think it's Ricky Starks, but I think it's Ethan Page who beats him right. with the help of the firm. This is where don't be shocked if you see Morrissey or whoever you know ass boys lee moriarty whatever so yeah all All right let's go now to our tag team championship match it is the champions the acclaimed taking on challengers swerve in our glory for the third time the acclaimed win this match if the match even finishes oh okay Give me the story of how it don't fit. Well, uh, we get Swerve Strickland walks off from Keith Lee or something, and well, I suppose there might still be a finish there. But no, okay, I got you. I feel yeah, like that's the easy won't... way for them to do their eventual thing, right? They're not on the same page. Swerve says, "Fuck this guy," mm. and walks off. 
Can I tell you, uh, you know, I've been saying Swerve and Our Glory is going to turn on each other since day one, it feels like. Ever since they did that battle royal where Keith Lee, or excuse me, where uh, Swerve Strickland eliminated right. Keith Lee. I think that's how it went, right? Now, I'll give you the devil's advocate version. What if Swerve Strickland, who's been doing all this heel stuff, on the night of full gear, Keith Lee is like, fuck, I don't think we can beat these guys. And Swerve Strickland's like, yeah, let's grab those chairs. And then Keith Lee also turns heel, and then we get Swerve in our glory all the way heel. Go fuck yourself. As tag team champs. Tag team champs. Then we get a claim back on the chase again. Exactly. Now, do we want to see the acclaim back on the chase? Fourth and a fifth time. And a fucking, All right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah no, we're doing a no, best I think a clean win. Just going to say, that's the devil's advocate version. Oh. I will say, I think the acclaim win. Now, I think Billy Gunn's getting involved somehow. Billy Gunn's been in this. Billy Gunn won the championships for the acclaimed. So him not being ringside would not make sense. I don't know. I don't, he's going to play some factor. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's turning on the acclaimed, but he may do another. Hey, now I've, you know, gave the famous -er to Keith Lee. Ha ha. I did it to both of these fucking guys. They suck. They claim win. And now Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are saying, yeah, yeah, I claimed you guys fucking, they're not important anymore. Billy Gunn, we're killing you. We're going to go kill you. I don't know. Maybe something like that, but. Oh, oh, what you could do is. So that happens, just like you said. And then they're like, we're going to kill you, whatever, right? And, and we don't even get it for quite a little bit. Well, like a little bit of time passes. And then they start hunting him down, right? Acclaim, maybe you're doing stuff and we see a little less of Billy Gunn, right? But let's say like it's three, four weeks down the road. And then things, you know, Billy Gunn's just in the back and something happens. Whoops, somebody ran by and fucking popped his knee and just things like that. We find out it's Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee coming back on him. And maybe they acclaimed her overseas on a fucking tour and Billy Gunn's not here. Well, who comes to rush to his aid? But his kids, the ass boys. Oh, okay. And we get the ass boys. I like all of it. That's all to say that. Uh, it's too soon Swerve for Strickland. the ass boys to go back. Well, yeah. So, yeah. And we're saying all this fun stuff. Swerve Strickland's turning on Keith Lee. Uh, let's get to our main event. Tim, it is for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on the men's side. John Moxley as your champion, taking on Challenger, cashing in his chip, MJF. Tim, what say you? I forgot about the chip part. I like that Moxley said that in his promo. He's like, oh, I see his, you know, guy who hadn't won anything in six months. Comes back, somebody one, hands one him a match. poker chip. Yeah, he's like in the worst finish to a ladder match of it, right? Like all that, like, and now here we are. All right, all right fine. Um, this too, I think, like you said, Tony Khan may be swinging that pendulum back all the other way and saying, no, no, people want the moment. We're giving them the moment. MJF wins. Mm-hmm. Moxley gets his break. MJF wins. I think every story that sh- that would follow this 
is predicated on that change of direction. I don't know what's next up on Monday and Moxley's next big thing if Moxley wins this. Right. You know, like I feel like it has to be MJF for that reason alone. There's no more story lanes to go down right now with, with Mox. There is when he comes back. Hmm. So, MJF. Yeah. Will be your AEW heavyweight champion because he is better than you and you know it. You know it. Now, here's the kicker. Blackpool Combat Club fucking suck. Mm -hmm. It was cool. It was a fun idea when it started. And then they got Yuta and we're all off to the races. Fucking cool. And then no one knows what the fuck we're doing. We don't help each other. This is fucking dumb. We got our cool match with JS. Who the fuck cares about it anymore, right? William Regal is going to turn on John Moxley. Thus imploding, exploding, whatever the term is. He side with MJF? He, he is because he keeps talking about do it the right way, be a proper villain. And everything that MJF does always has the attention or goes to the attention of well, William Regal. You also had the moment where Regal had the brass knucks and could have been hitting him but didn't. Well, why didn't? Because mm -hmm. he's been in on it the whole time. Yep. He and said so I... the devil's greatest trick was convincing you he didn't exist. Been William Regal the whole time. It's, yeah, it ain't me. It ain't me. It's that guy. And yeah. so when John Moxley comes back, then he has the whole world to just, you know, murder murder also that now doubles down john or excuse me mjf as the heel if he takes on an ethan page well that's not i mean there's levels to this right when the four horsemen were trying to take on the nwo we fucking knew that like the nwo were the real fucking heels and four horsemen are just trying to stay relevant you know what i mean no offense but back in the 90s that's how it was so I think, yeah, it totally makes sense that, I mean, you could even turn the the firm baby face. Stokely Hathaway is like, yeah, see, dick riding. That's what it talked about. Dick riding without a license. That's what MJF does. It was, I thought it was uh, John Moxley. I was wrong. It was his pal, William Regal. Fuck those guys. And then you just, you know, there you go. So I think that's what happens. I think William Regal is turning on John Moxley to then give him vacation but in kayfabe oh my god he's injured right he turns into this you know you have him bleeding like a stuck pig like that um but then you get mjf as your champ and all the fun stuff so that's what i got yeah i think it's mjf's time i think we're gonna finally get to see this storytelling and you know we've lamented the idea that anybody deserves anything here but if we're looking at the past three plus years of aw I think, you know, he's deserved a spot as the guy holding the belt and deserving of being able to tell a story from that perspective. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I mean, if we're peeking behind the curtain, the two things that are most well-deserved in this company, at least from our perspective, is MJF needs the title. It is his time to run with the ball. And John Moxley deserves a vacation for all the bullshit he's had to clean up because of other fucking people. Yeah. So. It's a win-win for everyone involved. Yeah, and then the third thing is that y'all need to hire some better TV producers. God fucking uh, Mary. Fuck, how do you not know how to say take camera three? 
It's not fucking difficult. You look at all fucking 10 monitors that are in your truck and you're looking at them and then you're trying to anticipate, okay, this is going to happen. Ready camera two, take camera two. Ready camera three, take camera three. Fuck, I, it's not hard. Cal, I'm doing it. Yeah. Tim, Tim does it live on this podcast yeah. and he never misses a thing. Well, I fuck it up once in a while, but no, less you know. often than, the, than they do with no. a lot more budgets. Right. And you're doing it live. You're a part of the show. They're right. not fucking wrestling right. the matches. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, uh, again, we're going to get out of here because we've been here for a good hour and a half and that's an all we've got in us because we got to go pass out because we're old dudes. But I uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. Jeffrey Todd, Theo, um again anybody watching if this was choppy it didn't work i'm going to post this up as the full you know recording later on the youtube and you can always subscribe to the podcast on spanishannouncetable.net the spanish announce table